Also, Abby, I really like when I look at my notes for lead story character and I'm like, what the crap did I type? I don't even know I what I I was wondering typed. that too. <laughs> I was like, I must have been trying to wrangle my children at that point. I was like, I was like, oh yes, write down these notes. Oh no, now they're fighting. It's like, is that Latin? Are we reading Latin here? <laughs> Most <laughs> notes are always the best. Hey guys, here's what's coming up. Next week on April 12th, we will be celebrating our one-year anniversary with a special episode. Mo and I will be answering some listener questions, talking about some of the trials of starting a podcast, discussing our favorite episodes, and more. If you'd like to submit a question for us to answer, send us a message on Facebook or Instagram, or shoot us an email at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. Then, on April 19th, we will be revisiting Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets and discussing our present-day thoughts on the second book of the Harry Potter series. Finally, two quick announcements before we move on. With our one-year anniversary coming up in April, Mo and I are hosting a series of giveaways on Instagram. This week, we're giving away a signed copy of Noel Salazar's book, Flight Girls, a Fly Girls pen and keychain, and a mini painting with easel. If you'd like to enter this giveaway, head on over to our Instagram and follow the instructions on the post you'll find there. Or check out our Facebook post about it for a direct link to the post. Secondly, since we're coming up on one year of podcasting, we're also starting a Patreon. The Patreon will launch April 12th, and we're incredibly excited to share all the cool perks we've been planning. Some of these perks include episode shoutouts, a monthly book-picking poll for a guaranteed episode, a spoiler-free mini-series, and bonus content, and even having us send you a book we're planning to do an episode on. We hope you'll consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening to us every week. Thank you. Now, on with the show. Welcome back to the Book Live Podcast with your host, myself, Mo, and my best friend, Abby. Tonight, we have special guests recording with us tonight. We have the Badass Literary Society with Michael, Barbara, and Lauren. Would anyone like to tell us about your podcast? Sure, I'd be happy to jump in and do that. So the Badass Literature Society takes recommendations for books from our listeners, and we read those books and then come back and do an episode where we talk about what we liked about the book, what we didn't like. We do a spoiler-free section and then a full-of-spoilers section, kind of like how you guys do. And yeah, that, that's kind of our format. What's been your favorite book you've been asked to read? Ooh, good question. So I think it's going to be a different answer if you ask each of us, but since I'm the one talking, I'll uh, I'll jump in and say The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss was my favorite book that we've been asked to read. I've heard that one is really good, but I have not gotten to it. <laughs> I, I really liked it. The other two of them were not as big a fans of that book. so Because uh, it's such I, a I guy it. book. It's such a guy book. There's no girl characters and the like. select three that there are are just there for male fantasy purposes. Not my thing. <gasps> You're kidding. That sucks. No, that's that's how I took it. But I mean, everyone has so, a different opinion. I say, so Barbara, what was your favorite then? Um, ooh, tough question. I think mine was either the first one of the Lunar Chronicles, um, oh, mm-hmm. Cinder. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I really, really liked that book. And I can't remember the other one. Oh, the uh, Gathering, is it Gathering Magic? Well, no, no, no. What is it called, Michael? Oh, I don't forget the first one. Yeah, Darker Shade of Magic, because it's really hard to remember which one's the first one in the series. That one, I really like that one as well. That one's been on my list. I I know. I was like, that Mm -hmm. looks good. Let's go read this other one instead. Right. (laughs) That's that's the problem with lists. (laughs) Right. 
Lauren, what about for you? So in our earlier ones, I would agree with Barbara with The Darker Shade of Magic. I really enjoyed that. But one that we read more recently was the other Gaiman book that got us interested in that, The Ocean at the End of the Lane. I really enjoyed that one. Awesome. Well, where can you guys find your podcast so our listeners know? So our podcast is pretty much everywhere where you can listen to podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, and and many others. Amazon, Pandora, theoretically Anywhere everywhere. And everywhere. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Well, if you guys enjoyed this episode, please jump in and listen to some of their episodes as well. Uh, they do the same format like us where we have spoiler-free half and then we spoil <laughs> the rest of the book at the end of it. <laughs> Michael, could you tell us some fun facts about Neil Gaiman in this book? Yeah, Absolutely. I, I let's let's talk about some fun facts on the sleeper and the spindle. Uh, so, this book is surprisingly short. It's only seventy-two pages long. But what's cool is every page has illustrations. A quote from Gaiman was that uh, I wouldn't be who I am without libraries. I was the sort of kid who devoured books. In my happiest times as a boy were when I persuaded my parents to drop me off in the local library on their way to work, and I spent the day there. I discovered that librarians actually want to help you. They taught me about interlibrary loans. So a little uh, fun, fun quote from Gaiman about his love of books. He is listed in the Dictionary of Literary Biography as one of the top 10 living postmodern writers and is a prolific creator of works of prose, poetry, film, journalism, comics, song lyrics, and drama. I'm not sure what form of entertainment is not in that list. He is a very prolific man. And according to his website, he has written 45 books and 41 comics and has numerous works in both film, television, as well as theater. So in the beginning, you mentioned that every page in this book had illustrations. How did you all feel about the illustrations? Did you enjoy it? Did it bring more joy to the book? Did it take you away from the story? So I, I really enjoyed the illustrations. I thought it brought a whole new angle to the book. I mean, uh, I, I actually listened to it, uh, the audio book, and then I also read it, the, read the short version. And uh, it was a whole different experience with the illustrations. It really brings the book to life. Yeah, I was sad that uh, I listened to the audiobook on this one. Um, the audiobook was really cool because it was a full cast audio, um, which I had not heard before. So that was really neat. But I did. I missed out on the illustrations. And until we started talking tonight, I didn't even know there were <laughs> illustrations in the, the physical book. And so, yeah, I, I feel like that probably would have added a de definitely more elements of depth to my reading experience if I had gotten to see those while I was listening. Yeah, I definitely thought the illustrations made it more interesting, especially because they were at some parts really creepy. And for him to call this a children's book, I would be a little hesitant to say that with the illustrations because they were really detailed and very well done. But it definitely brought more of a spooky aspect to it, I thought. Yeah, yeah the I illustrations just gave me like even creepier vibes. Like the story itself was like, yeah, okay, this is this is kind of weird. And then looking at the illustrations, like, nope, I'm I'm creeped out. <laughs> I'll say the vibe, it they're like, this is fun middle school. And I'm like, oh, it is great. Listen, I listened to it too, did the audio version. I was like, is it for middle school? Are you sure it's for middle school? Then I got the book from Abby, and then I was like, maybe high school. I don't know about this book. <laughs> I'm not sure if I agree with the age for it, but Definitely the illustrations, because it was only white, black, and gold, I thought was very poetic and artistic and kind of like eye-catching. I was like, I was like I'm, I'm digging these illustrations. So, Abby, can you uh, walk us into a summary about this book? Sure thing. On the eve of her wedding, the queen hears of a sleeping sickness bespelling the neighboring kingdom and feels compelled to investigate it for herself. 
With her retinue of faithful dwarves and a sword in hand, she ventures out of her tunnels and discovers a very strange tale indeed. And one thing to note about the story, so all the characters are nameless. They're only referred to by their titles. And this is in line with most original fairy tales where the characters really had rarely had names other than king, queen, and the like. So we kind of identified five main characters. There's the queen. And though it's never clearly stated, but it's definitely implied, the queen is now a grown-up Snow White and the ruler of the kingdom of Cain Lair. Cain Lair? Yeah, Cain Lair. Perfect. Sounds good to me. (laughs) Uh, She'd much rather be wearing armor and her sword than a white wedding dress she is destined to wear. There were three dwarves who were her faithful companions to the queen and her guides on her journey. They are said to rarely sleep but twice a year and escape the sleeping curse. There's also the girl who is fair-haired and asleep in a high tower surrounded by roses. There's the old woman, who has gray streaked with white hair that's also sparse. She's angry, hobbled, and mutters angrily to herself all alone in the high tower where the girl sleeps. And then there's the sleepers. Thousands upon thousands of cursed individuals who are trapped in the endless sleep and covered in cobwebs. Definitely everything about this character list gave me the spooky vibes. Were there any other characters I missed, or do you think that's pretty comprehensive? I think that pretty much covers uh, it. Yeah, I agree. I was like, small cast, small good, small book. It's very interesting. All right. And that's our first half. And we will talk to you guys in a minute. Bye. These days, more authors are including mental health content in their books. But do you ever wonder how accurate some of this stuff is? Or do you ever read something where you know the author just gets it? I'm Elise. And I'm Priscilla. And we are Novel Feelings, a podcast where we discuss mental health issues in fiction novels. We are psychologists and book lovers, and we have a lot of opinions. So look for Novel Feelings wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your show. All right, welcome back, guys. This is going to be our spoiler half, so if you have not read these 72 pages, please pause right here, go do that real quick, and then come back and talk to us. So we will start with favorite scenes. Mo, go ahead. So in general, I did love the black, white, and gold artwork. I loved how the queen was designed. I loved the armor. And I loved the golden, the golden doors with the hats. And they had that little candle sticking out. Like that was kind of like my favorite um, aspect of them. I found it really hard to pinpoint a favorite scene. But if I had to pick one, I liked when the queen was sleeping and the doors were watching over her because of the comradeship. Um, was very heartening and you definitely could tell that they had that past history and she felt safe enough to oh i'm in a cursed land that's fine i got three three doors that are watching over me and i didn't really like the scene but i liked the page where the, the wolves were drawn around the queen i thought that was just pretty in general it's weird to say oh this book was pretty versus like telling you an actual favorite scene and why i loved it and why it was so good but I rolled. Um, Michael, what about for you? What was your favorite scene? So like you, Mo, I also had trouble pinpointing a favorite scene. Maybe that's because there weren't very many scenes in this short book, but um, I think my favorite that I can think of was when we find out that uh, the sleeping princess that we're pursuing throughout the book was actually the evil witch. Uh, that was a that was a really cool scene. A little bit unexpected, but, uh, but, but it was pretty cool to see. I also really liked the black and gold or black, white, and gold artwork Something about those three colors together just, I could call it poetic earlier. I liked, I liked that description. It, it, uh, they really worked well together to set, to set the scene. So. All right. What about you, Lauren? What, did, what was your favorite scene in the book? Or scenes, plural, or one, whatever. 
I also thought that the scene where we figure out that the, the evil witch in, uh, was the same, um, the sleeping princess was actually the evil witch. I was on the same page with Michael as that being my favorite scene. And then I also just really liked the overall, like the way that Gaiman takes fairy tales that are so well known and puts these twists on them. So like there were a lot of scenes that I liked just because it's like, oh, this is so familiar, but then he twists it in a way that you're not always expecting. Yeah, I definitely felt that way too. I like any kind of fairy tale retelling. So when Barbara said Cinder, and I'm like, oh yes, I love the Lunar Chronicles. I love anything that's a fairy tale retelling. So I'm like, I was sure I would love this book. I'm not sure if I actually did love this book. Um, yeah, that's part of the reason that I picked this one. I'm like, oh, it's Neil Gaiman and it's a fairy tale. We're gonna love this. I'm still not sure how I feel. <laughs> well, Abby, while you're talking, what was your favorite scene? Um, I genuinely couldn't come up with one. I was so weirded out by this book. I was just like, I literally got done and it took me like a week to even rate it on Goodreads because I just didn't know how to feel. I was, I don't usually read creepy stuff. And this entire book just had such a creepy vibe. I was like, I don't know how to handle this. This is out of my wheelhouse. (laughs) Would you say then this book would be like in the horror genre? If you were going to put it somewhere less fantasy Almost. more horror i it's it's more in like the nightmare before christmas category for me but like i also don't like that kind of animation that the nightmare before christmas has like it just it gives me the willies when i watch it and i can't watch it so i don't know that was just one of those like it was kind of in that category like i was just kind of ooh, what what is this what am i reading <laughs> but what about you barbara did you have any favorite scenes feel like a broken record at this point yeah my favorite scene was also the one where you find out that the sleeping beauty character quote-unquote is actually the evil witch instead from her story mm-hmm. and um I feel like I was not expecting that I thought it was just stereotypical going to be the same thing so I thought that was a kind of a cool twist to the story but it de- yeah this definitely gives you like creepy vibes I I actually enjoy reading that kind of stuff so I like that but like I said I don't know if I would want younger kids reading that, but I thought that was a nice twist to a fairy tale because I also like retellings of fairy tales and I was not expecting that. So I was like, gasp. Yeah, that was an excellent twist. And also when the queen kissed her and I was just like, like I was listening to that and I was just like, all right, sounds good. Here we go. And then I was, and then it went into that. I was like, okay, well, sounds great. We just now went from good to evil. Well, and he leaned into the classic fairy tale so much in the beginning with not using actual names for any of the characters and just the kind of mysterious thing and going off on adventure kind of thing that by the time he hits those twists, it is a big surprise because you're like, wait, this isn't just a regular fairy tale. Yeah, I thought that also his take on instead of everyone sleeping, they were more like creepy zombie-like. That's kind of what I got, like a zombie vibe from these people. I thought that was also interesting because I was, once again, just expecting people to just be, you know, sleeping through the curse because it's a sleeping curse. But nah, it's creepier than that. It's zombie people with spider webs all up on them. (laughs) Right. And when they slowly start coming for the doors and the queen, I was like, oh. And then when I saw the illustration, I was like, oh. Yeah, that's yeah. what was going on. Got it. The illustration sold it for that scene in particular. I think that was kind of a cool scene when they're like surrounded by the 
the common folks, I don't know what to call them, the villagers, I guess. And it was just like, sleepers. oh, cool. That, that, yeah, the sleepers, that picture really, really sold that scene well. Right. It was better than the um, illustration of the knight trapped in the roses and dead. And I was like, oh, well, all right. There went that one. He didn't make it. <laughs> all right. So let's move on to least favorite scenes then. <laughs> Why don't we start with Lauren this time? Okay. I, I don't know that I really had a least favorite scene and it could just be because it did go by so quickly, especially with the audiobook. I think that there were several things that were unresolved for me. Like, I mean, they, they portrayed the the prince or king or whoever as a gen, generally good guy, but then like he didn't ever get any closure on, you know, the fact that his potential fiance just may have been, you know, like he just, I don't know, went forever without ever any closure for that. So, I mean, I would have liked to have seen a scene with that, scene with some closure. Um, but I don't really have anything that I just like, ah, that was an awful scene that I can pinpoint. Well, what about you, Barbara? What do you think? Yeah, it, like, I'm pretty sure we're probably all going to say the same thing. Like, I don't think I have a least favorite scene just because it's such a short book that it's kind of hard to judge and be like, oh, I hated this scene because it all fit fine. Um, but I thought maybe like the battle, be, quote unquote, between the Snow White or the Queen character and then what turned out to be the evil witch or, you know, the Sleeping Beauty character was, I've, it could have been a little bit longer for me because I feel like it was like two seconds and whoop, whoop, she's dead or, you know, we, she, we got rid of her. And I was like, I was anticipating something a little bit more. And then you just kind of like half a page and it was done. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I guess that works. Mm-hmm. I was expecting more of a bigger baddie, I guess, because she is kind of a cool character in the original. So I definitely was feeling the same way. Like I felt like the end with the girl and the old woman was so unresolved. Like one minute, you know, the old woman stabs the girl with the spindle and all of this is happening. And then suddenly, like you have the queen demand that the girl tell her all about her beauty and power. And then there's people in the room. And I'm like, wait, I need to know what happened between the people coming in and the discussion. Because there wasn't even a break. You know, like sometimes authors will do a double space between paragraphs when they're jumping to a different part of the story. It, it was so abrupt. I was like, did I miss something? Is, is there supposed to be more here? Did I? And I went back and I'm like, no, that's it. And I'm like, well, what happened to the girl? Like, I understand that she is now a pile of cobwebs and rads and oil and I don't know I was just like there could have been more and I'm really a sucker for battles like I'm reading wild sign right Me now too. and it's so good and I'm in the middle of a battle <laughs> and I had to stop reading to come to do this and I was like oh guys okay <laughs> but yeah and you'd enjoy the good. battles in that one it's so good she is getting so much better at her writing her battles I agree I think probably my least favorite scene just because it gave me the heebie-jeebies the most was the sleeper zombie people scene. (laughs) It wouldn't have been so bad if there hadn't been illustrations, but that illustration was just like, nope, nope, I don't, I don't need zombies. Thanks. Nope. (laughs) I like how that's your least favorite scene. I was like, it's pretty good scene. (laughs) Just depends on your cup of tea. If you like that kind of stuff, he did it extremely well. If you don't, then he did it too well for you. Right, exactly. It was one of those that I was like, I can't turn the page fast enough. Let's move on. (laughs) 
So I think my least favorite scene, so it's hard to pick one. I'll start off with that, but I did, I did come up with an idea um, and it was the whole thorn wall um, outside the castle. And that was my least favorite scene because, not because of the wall, because I mean, it was it was described as like this big obstacle as me, like, oh, how are we gonna get past this? And then like, she burns it down and that's it. And it's this, this super anticlimactic obstacle. And so that was my least favorite scene because in fantasy stories, I love the journey uh, from like, that happens with the characters and the journey in this book was lacking because it was so short, but it like, then also you introduce this cool obstacle and then just immediately surpass it. That was kind of, kind of a letdown in my mind. Yeah, I feel like there were a lot of obstacles in this book that just, they were built up to be this mountain. And then it's just this little like bump in the road that she steps over. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Which yeah, is understandable really, considering how short it was, but at the same time, it's like, <laughs> It is truly a short story. Like, it's like reading Mark True. Twain, and you're like, okay, yeah, 72 pages. You're not that long. I get that. Versus reading, like, a, you know, a novel, whatever. Is it a novella? Is that how you say that? Novella? Like, not, novella. So, novella, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit longer, but at least you have, like, good battle, usually, some good resolution to it. But it's not, like, a full novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely, now know I don't enjoy short stories as much as a full book. I need more detail. Yeah, see, I agree. Most of the short stories that I've read have felt more complete, like they were actually a story in and of themselves. This one felt like it hit, was part of a longer book than it had just been like taken out of, you know? Because you kind of, you start in the middle of everything with the queen getting ready to get married and then you get like part of this tiny adventure and then there's no resolution for anything. So it literally felt like it would it had just been pulled out of an actual book rather than being a short story in and of itself. So I have to agree with you on that, especially because we got a little bit of background information on the queen. It was like, oh, like she, you know, she's been through the sleeping spell and it kind of talked about her evil stepmom. And then I thought we would get a little bit more. And I was like, no, that was just there. Like, you know, here you go, thrown in. So, you know, it's Snow White and that's about it. And I'm like, oh, OK, cool. I thought we would get a little bit more on her. Nope, just kidding very left unsatisfied with this short story but i we can all it sounds like all of us were like there's more but did anyone have a favorite character that you would like to talk about yeah i've got a favorite character i can talk about so i uh i actually really liked the dwarves in the book i thought they they were written very well it was entertaining to read their dialogue they were good supporting characters that they were my favorite character uh, a little off the beaten path favorite character because i feel like a lot of people may pick the queen but yeah for me it was the dwarves i really I really enjoyed them. That's because the queen is the correct favorite character. <laughs> oh, so Lauren, are you saying your favorite character was the queen? <laughs> I think, I, yeah, my favorite character was the queen. I, I feel like it, I always like when authors make female heroes um, and strong female characters. And so I think that the twist in this story where it's not a knight in shining armor, but it's actually the queen coming to save the day really uh, made it made the difference for me. That's kind of how I felt too. I also like that she took charge of her destiny and her strong will and she just took care of business. She's like, oh, there's a sleeping curse. Hold on, y'all. I'm going to go get it and take care of it. And I was like, yes, yes, you are. That's what I like. But I do agree with Michael. I do love the doors. Like I think I really liked them um, when I read the book after listening to the audiobook and I saw their character design because I like their hats with the little candles on top of them. And I'm like, that's cute. I'll take it. Plus they were one of the characters with all the gold 
and I like shiny things like that. Abby, what about you? Oh, uh, definitely the dwarves for me. Uh, loyalty for the win. I'm very much about a loyal man, and you got three of them right there, so. <laughs> All about that. <laughs> We're evenly split on this. I like the queen just because, like Lauren mentioned, I like badass female characters. That's how I've always gravitated to, even as a kid. I just wanted to see these badass women just, you know, take taking names, whatever the the saying is. And I enjoyed her, especially because... I wasn't expecting it to be Snow White. I thought it was just going to be a random person. And it, it's blatantly obvious there's literally dwarves. That's her best friends. Like, it's kind of a duh. But I didn't think it would have two fairy tales in together. So I liked how he did that. And I liked her because, like, the Snow White from the... <clears throat> and I'm basing this off the Snow White from the Disney movie. You know, she's kind of, like, meek-mannered and stuff like that. Like, who accepts a creepy apple from a creepy lady, first off? And then instead, like, he made her into, like the knight in shining armor like she's the one instead of being rescued she was the one who was doing the rescue and I thought that was really cool that he did that and that's why I really enjoyed her character the most so yes the correct answer was the queen thank you for playing everyone else has lost no yeah that was a really good summary of the queen not gonna lie all right so let's jump into our least favorite characters hmm I'm gonna pick Barbara what was your least favorite character I don't really think I had a least favorite character because I didn't think there was anyone super well or underdeveloped in the sense that we didn't get too much outside of, I feel like the queen and the doors were like your two real main people. And then you have the sleeping beauty character and then, you know, the creepy lady <laughs> just kind of walking around and complaining that her knees hurt and these dang stairs that she needs to climb which actually made me like crack up reading this I thought like maybe I should be like scared or ominous of her but I was just like she, she's just like your regular old person who's just so tired of living this life and she's done just done with it um so I, I think maybe the sleeping beauty slash evil queen lady uh, would probably be my least favorite because she was just kind of there and then she wasn't that great of an evil character. And I really like my evil people to be like a good evil. Like I want to like love to hate you and also maybe even like empathize or maybe like, oh, hey, like I get why you're evil. You know, I get it. But like with her, it was just like, okay, cool. Like it, I didn't get much from her. So I was a little disappointed with the evil character, but you know, I think my second favorite would have to be the old lady just because same girl, same. <laughs> I don't know, once you get past 30 and you have to go up and down your stairs every day, you're like, your knees creak and creak and pop. And I'm like, oh. I felt that. <laughs> Literally, like, oh, yeah, my knees do that, too. I know. I feel like the old lady just added to my weirded out feelings about this book. Because, like, you get all this creepy zombie sleeper people. And then all of a sudden, you're with this old lady who's complaining about her knees. And I'm like, yeah. how am I supposed to be feeling? Yeah. <laughs> Michael, what about you? Did you have a least favorite character in this book? So, I, you know, not really, to be honest. I, 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 there weren't enough characters to have a hated one. If I had to pick one, I would probably pick the, the princess, similar to what Barbara said, just because I thought it was kind of an anticlimactic big bad guy. Yeah, the battle was short. She wasn't that great of a character, in my opinion. Uh, so that, she's probably my least favorite if I had to pick one. Lauren, how about for you? Just, I mean, like, I guess Barbara had a good point, though. Like, the, she's not, like, a super great baddie, but if I had to pick one. Yeah, definitely the girls where I gravitated towards, too. And I was like, oh, 
I, I enjoyed the fact that we thought we were saving her and then she turned out to be evil. But then she was so generically evil that I was like, oh, that's it? Like you, nothing else going on? You just put yourself to sleep and did nothing else. I had no excitement about her as an evil character, which is probably why she was not my favorite character. Any, anything else before we jump into our final thoughts? Anything that you want to express that we have not expressed yet? What were your final takeaways? What were your, your ratings? What are your thoughts about the book? It's kind of what we want to know. Michael, how did you feel about this book? So coming into it, I was super excited to read this book because I like um, Neil Gaiman and I was kind of let down by this one. Like it just, it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Like Abby mentioned, like it, you kind of walk away from it, like, what did I just read? And because of that, I gave it, I gave it three stars, uh, three, three out of five stars on Goodreads. That was my rating of it. I, and I gave it that because it was well-written and I appreciate that, but I just, I really couldn't get into the story. Yeah, I definitely feel that way too. I don't know. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It just left me very unsatisfied. I was like, I, sh- I love reading or reading while I love leaving a good book with a good book high. You know, that feeling that you're pumped up, you're energized. Man, that was a great book. And you just want to run around and shout to everyone. And this one, I was just, I remember texting Abby and going, what the crap is this? I just, I'm like, I don't know what to think about this book. And then I reread it and I was like, okay, so the artwork is a visual book. It's, it's like reading S by J.J. Abrams. Have you guys read that book? No. Not. Okay. So that was an interactive book. So if you like the show Lost, um, you'll enjoy this book because you have a library book and you have to read the story, but there's also in the margins, this back and forth conversation, but it's being taken place over several weeks. So, and there's like different sections of it and there's props within the book. So it's a story within a story. So it's like the book of inception essentially. And that huh, for okay. me, it, yeah, you should pick it up. It's really interesting. I've tried to get through it once. I didn't do a good job. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to finish it finally, but I like it. It's one of those books I can only read for like an hour because it takes so long to get through to read every single piece of it and dissect it. But like this, kind of like that. Like if you don't, like the BBC full cast audiobook was great great voice acting but without the artwork I had like there's so much missing with because there's no descriptions really it was very much you know subject verb that's it like nothing that enriched it for me so I think the artwork really was the best part about this book which is weird to say about a book that the artwork was the best part I gave it a three out of five like it great voice acting great artwork had a great story. Yeah, I I would have to agree with that. Like Michael said, is it Neil? How do you say his name? I, I feel like I'm going to butcher it. Neil Gaiman, Neil Gaiman. Oh, I see. I, I always still, say Gaiman. Gaiman. I say okay. Gaiman too, yeah. Or the, author. yeah. the author. Yeah. <laughs> the author. Um, I've read two of his other, three, I think now three of his other books. And I, I love his writing style. But this, I just felt like was... I guess maybe I'm not a fan of short stories, I guess. I just felt like how Abby mentioned earlier, it was just kind of seemed like a snippet of what could have been a much larger story. Hey guys, editing Abby here. So at this point in the recording, Mo, who was hosting our Zoom call, lost power. So the audio might be just a little funky from here on out, but please bear with me. I did my best. 
I loved the writing style and the art was obviously very gorgeous. I found myself wanting more after I finished the story, the short story though. It was just too short for me to really enjoy since you don't get much character development and much of a story. Um, but the small characters that we did get were for the most part pretty enjoyable. It was an interesting take on the story and I, and, and I did enjoy the few twists that uh, he implemented to the original for- fairy tale. And I just kind of wish there was just more. Um, so I would, my score would be uh, 3.8 out of 5 for it just being really just too short and me wanting more. Yeah, I feel like, uh, I don't know that I gave it a solid rating. Let's see, maybe like a 3.8. I was disappointed because I feel like I liked The Ocean at the End of the Lane so much. And obviously that was more of a novel. It was short too, though, wasn't it? I mean, I, I feel like I remember it being short. Yeah, that was pretty short. Nothing like this, but definitely short. Yeah, it was very short. But I feel like the I just wanted more. There wasn't a lot of character building. There wasn't a lot of world building. There wasn't a lot of really, I mean, any kind of depth, I guess, that I was looking for. And that's just a personal preference of, like, when I'm reading. And obviously he, he did a cool thing with, and I love the twisted fairy tales. Like, I loved Cinder, too, and I can't wait to read the the rest of that series but um like he did a good job mashing up different fairy tales and like giving them different spins and so obviously I think that that was well done but I still just felt like maybe I just went into it with really high hopes and I was a little bit disappointed yeah I can feel you on that it was it's a very very weird book I ended up giving it four stars but I'm also like a perpetually high rater in general I just I sat on this for like a week before I actually rated it because it was so weird. It just weirded me out so much. I didn't know what to think. And I finally just went, you know something for me, four stars is a really solid rating. It's like, I liked it. Three stars to me is a book that like is completely average. There's nothing interesting about it. I'll never read it again. I don't know why I finished it kind of thing. So for me, I was like, Four stars is a solid rating for me. I'm just going to leave it at that and go away because <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. But any other final thoughts? On our podcast, I am notoriously a more uh, critical rater. So, All right. I think that about does it for us, guys. Thank you so much to the Badass Literature Society for joining us this evening. Yeah, thanks for having us. This was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Oh, Even sure. though it was all of us thought it was kind of a weird book to do. <laughs> we all had different expectations coming in and it, it, it didn't quite hit the mark. I think that made it better though. If I tried to just talk about this with Bo, it would have been, I don't know. We probably just would have looked at each other and gone, this was weird. Yeah, this was weird. <laughs> <laughs> agreed, agreed. <laughs> so yes, thank you so much for coming on. Be sure to check out their podcast on Spotify, App- Apple Podcasts. Be sure to rate us on any platforms that you like to rate us on. Check out our posts on social media. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. If you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating on the app you use or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. For a list of the books we talked about today, visit our community page on Facebook at The Book Life Podcast and search under Files. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the same name. 
If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by Katie Benoit from her album Dominique. You can find Katie on Instagram at K, the number 8, T, B E N O I T, and on Spotify under her name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.